I am Larry Nissen, Chair of the IOMS Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to this portion of the IOMS Foundation podcast celebrating the Foundation's 25th anniversary. This session is the second of two that will discuss the fellowship effect, the long-term impact of hands-on training. Our focus today will be on the cleft and craniofacial program. Currently, this fellowship is held in two sites in India, hosted by Dr. Keita Banathea in Bangalore and Dr. Gosla Reddy in Hyderabad. Each of these are of six months duration. Initially, when this fellowship was founded, it was in three different sites, completely different sites, one in Orlando, Florida, one in Pretoria, South Africa, and one in Indonesia. Due to regulatory reasons, the fellowship had to change, and we were able to secure the sites in India. We're honored today to have as our moderator, Dr. Gali Gali, chair of the IOMS Education Committee, and three previous fellowship participants, Dr. Jill Nips, 2013-14, Dr. Amel El-Tayeb, 2017-2018, and Dr. Sahar Nadal, 2018-2019. We are also pleased to have Mr. Bill Passalt, Chair of the OMS Foundation of the American Association of Oil and Maxillofacial Surgeons, to discuss the collaborative efforts of our foundations. Dr. Ghali, please lead us through this most interesting discussion. Thank you, Dr. Nissen. Uh, it is certainly my honor and pleasure to participate uh, today in this podcast. Uh, as, as was mentioned before, uh, as the IAOMS is beginning to enter its 25th anniversary of this type of educational activity, uh, this podcast uh, is very, very important. The podcast and the participants today uh, are coming from all over the world, uh, from the Sudan, from uh, Israel, Hamburg, uh, Chicago. And uh, this program uh, was really the, the brainchild of, of both uh, Dr. Nabil Saman as well as, as Dr. Larry Nissen. I, as the chair of the IAOMS Educational uh, Committee, as well as the chair of the fellowship uh, programs. I'm very, very proud of the success that the recipients of these fellowship programs have, have done. As uh, Dr. Nissen mentioned, uh, the fellowship programs really uh, are emphasized in two major areas of our, or two major sub-specialties of oral and maxillofacial surgery. Uh, that includes uh, oncology, and includes craniofacial cleft. Today, the focus of the uh, three recipients, uh, three previous recipients, is that of uh, cleft and craniofacial surgery. So with that, I will have some questions uh, for the uh, participants, as well as some questions uh, and some comments uh, uh, from uh, Mr. Passal as well. For the fellowship uh, participants, and again, I'm, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to call on each of you uh, in, individually, and I'll start with uh, uh, Dr. Nips. You participated in the cleft and craniofacial fellowship in uh, Hyderabad uh, and in Bangalore, India. Uh, what was your 
scientific training like? Uh, was was there a specific area of focus that you had while you were in your training program? And and if I'm not mistaken, Jill, uh, at, at that time, uh, the fellowship was exclusively in India, or I'm trying to remember the exact year that Dr. Nissen had mentioned earlier. What was the exact year that we switched uh, to making it exclusively within India? No, when I did my fellowship, I started in um, Orlando, Florida, went on to South Africa, uh, Pretoria, and for the last part, I was in Indonesia. You, you were with Kurt for a while as well. Yes. Can you talk about your experience? Yes, and I think it was um, also very, apart from the surgical part, which was really great to be able to work together with three different people who have done cleft surgery for a couple of years with very different challenges, um, according to the countries they are practicing in. Um, It was also a challenge uh, because of this big change of cultural background. Because moving from the United States to South Africa and then to Indonesia is also um, always a big change in the the culture, in the um, um, environment, the food, the people just everything. You know, Dr. Nips brings up a very interesting uh, phenomenon, a very interesting aspect of the fellowship that I think is really critically important. Uh, and I'm going to ask the others to, to comment on it as well. And we can kind of think about it. And, and, and Bill, we can talk about it as well in, in, in a minute, uh, you know, which is, you know, if I'm in Tel Aviv, and I do my fellowship or my training in Tel Aviv, there's not much, there's not a huge cultural impact uh, there, but there's an incredible cultural impact if I'm from Tel Aviv and I do my fellowship in, uh, in Indonesia or in South, uh, South Africa. And, and that actually, I think, helps support the fellowship in, in creating a, a fellow or an expert that actually is multidimensional as well, not, not just surgically, but, but culturally as well. Uh, Dr. Nadell, can you uh, comment as well on, on your fellowship and, and your experience? Yeah, so my training was uh, one year in India, six months in Bangalore and six months in Hyderabad. And culture-wise, it was very, very different from what I'm used to. But in my eyes, it was a huge plus to my training because you got to see not only how other operate because eventually when you go into the OR in whatever country you're in, it's basically the same. But once you come out of the OR, that's when you see the big differences with the population that you treat, what are their habits, how the clinic is working, coming in and out for just basic routine everyday tasks are very different from one country to another. And I think in that sense, India is very different from Israel. And it gave me a lot of different views that nowadays I can, even when it's different from Israel, I can still take advantage of everything that I've learned and try to cooperate it in my nowadays everyday training in Israel. If you could uh, just comment before you finish with that, uh, in in your training in Israel, 
compared to the training that that you received in uh, in, in India? Would you say the the training is about the same as far as 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 the way the operating rooms function and the way the wards in the clinic functions, or is, is there a huge difference? Uh, there's a huge difference in training. Again, the OR is basically, it works the same way. Uh, the difference that you see is mostly on the training itself, just the hours, the how the nurses work in the wards. Israeli wards are very different than the Indian ones. And the entire hospital and the bureaucracy around it is very different just because Let's say the, the most basic thing is in Israel, you have everyone has their governmental insurance. In India, they don't have it. So whatever exam you want to have, whatever CT, MRI, blood count, whatever you want to do, you have to take into account if you want to send someone to take any kind of, let's say, just blood count. You have to see if that person has the money to pay for the blood count that you need for the operation or not. This is the kind of thing that we don't even think about in Israel just because everything is covered by the governmental insurance. Right. Well, see, this is uh, for, the, for the audience and uh, uh, for myself, for Dr. Nissen. I, I think we're actually learning a lot ourselves on this, on this podcast as, as well. These are, these are very interesting things. Dr. Altaib is joining us from Sudan. Uh, this morning as well. I'm interested in asking you a question regarding the your fellowship uh, training that you did. And I know you did your fellowship in 2017, 2018. And I believe it was pretty much uh, in in all in India at our two sites uh, in Hyderabad and in, in, in Bangalore. Tell us a little bit about your training that you received and, and, and why you selected uh, cleft and uh, in craniofacial as your area of focus? It was a great experience for me, to be honest. Not only a training opportunity, but also life experience. Uh, it was the first time for me to be away from home at uh, duration for one year. So being in different culture has really impact on, on my personality, to be honest, and on my surgical uh, training too. Uh, I had my training in India in two different centers. It was different experience for me. So I got to be in a different culture with different systems from my country and my training. And it was a great experience overall. Would, would you say it was certainly something that you would, have, you would do all over again if you had the opportunity? Yes, definitely. Great, great. Mr. Pasalt, you know, you're welcome to chime in anytime you like. I, I do want to ask uh, Bill a, a question uh, while, while we have these three honorable recipients uh, here with us today. Bill, what, what was it that made, and I know this is, this is a, a new process with the OMS Foundation, and if you want to talk about that for a minute, you, you, you can as well, because this is a great partnership. But going into the future, what is it that made the the OMS Foundation interested in helping support and, and sponsor a fellowship in, in this area? Very happy to speak to that, Dr. Ghali. Um, the, uh, the foundation just happened to be, the timing, I guess, was pretty good, and timing is always a, a good thing. Uh, we were just in the process of going through uh, an update on our strategic plan several years ago, and 
you know, our mission is really to support innovation in uh, both education and research in oral and maxillofacial surgery. Uh, and so we were trying to take a really critical look at that and see, you know, where we had supported, uh, you know, programs in the past and what we might do in the future uh, that might enhance, you know, our, uh, you know, donors' experience, you know, in working with the foundation. And so your timing in, uh, in approaching us uh, from the foundation was very good in that regard. Uh, you know, it was a new concept for us. Uh, and uh, as Dr. Galley and Dr. Nissen know, we, we struggled initially with uh, <laughs> trying to make a, a, an easy decision on this. It was, it was a great concept, uh, but it was new to us. And so it took several meetings. And uh, we were fortunate enough that both Dr. Nissen and Dr. Galley uh, joined us for at least one of our meetings and maybe a couple uh, where they gave us more background on uh, what the program would entail. And, and this was going to be uh, a new pro program uh, through uh, the uh, Peking University School and Hospital of Stomatology, uh, again, for a one-year period. Uh, and so, you know, we decided that we had the opportunity to kind of be on the front end of this. That was exciting to us. Uh, and, you know, we think very highly of the education that individuals get, the individual doctors get uh, from fellowship programs like this. Uh, and it was interesting to hear all the participants talk about what they got out of uh, the differences in culture and and their differences in uh, the hospital settings that they were working in. Uh, you know, it's not only the learning process from a surgical standpoint, but we think those cultural uh, differences are also important. Uh, in my own experience, I'm not an oral surgeon. I'm an accountant by background, and I run the uh, professional liability company for the oral surgeons here. And, and actually, I'm, uh, I think the first non-oral surgeon uh, chair of the OMS Foundation. So I've, I come from a different perspective, but uh, you know, it's always uh, you know fascinated me how often I hear the experienced oral surgeons talk about experiences they had back during their training uh, in international fellowships and how, how fond their memories are of that. And, you know, not only are the people they met, but also the experience. It seems to me it's a very much a, a worldwide community of oral surgeons. You know, we tend to think of it as our own individual countries, but uh, I tend to see it more on a worldwide basis. And so that was important to us as well. So long and short of it, uh, you know, once we had the additional information, we were already uh, enthusiastic about the concept, uh, you know, we decided that would be a, a great way for us to, uh, a, a good direction for us to move in. And we were uh, appreciative of being able to partner with the IAOMS Foundation uh, in that regard. That's great, Bill. Bill, what what do you feel, why, and then it's interesting because I'd like to get your opinion as a, as a, I don't even I don't want to use the word lay person because uh, you're not really a lay person when it comes to OMS. But but as you mentioned, you're not an OMS surgeon as someone that 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 works and has been active and has been running various aspects that are critical to oral and maxillofacial surgery, albeit not a surgeon. Why do you feel it's important for there be the ability for surgeons, not not only from the U.S. but for, from abroad, to be able to go to other countries and uh, receive this type of training and education. 
Well, I think uh, the participants touched on that somewhat already. I'll, I'll maybe expand on it a little, but I know in, in our review uh, of the fellowship that we were uh, partnering with IAOMS Foundation on, one of the things that struck me in those discussions, and, and I know excited the uh, oral maxillofacial surgeons who were on our board, uh, was the breadth of experience that somebody would get in, in this foreign setting um, that, quite honestly, they couldn't get in the United States. Uh, the, the nature of the patients and the volume of the patients uh, that needed cleft and uh, craniofacial uh, surgeries very high at this particular institution. And so, uh, you know, I, I have to tell you, many of the surgeons on our board when we were discussing it uh, and, and trying to debate whether it was a decent program to get involved with, uh, you know, they were excited themselves. And as a matter of fact, several of them said, you know, boy, I wish I was <laughs> a lot younger and back in my training. I'd love to go on this and, and have the opportunity to, to be involved in that many surgeries and that many cases in a very concentrated period of time. So the, the volume of training uh, and the experience to us for, you know, a year seems like a long time, but I know I'm sure a lot of the participants would probably say that as well, that, you know, up front, it seemed like a long time. And I'm sure at the end of it, you were like, is this over already? Um, you know, we thought it was a great, uh, a great uh, chance for people to get immersed uh, in, in something that they clearly had an interest in and had a love for. And, and when I heard the, uh, the feedback from, you know, experienced oral surgeons on, on our board of directors, uh, that made me more enthusiastic that we were moving in the right direction by uh, partnering with the, with the IOMS Foundation uh, on this fellowship. Great. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for those comments. I want to I go back to Hamburg for, for just a minute and ask Jill, uh, you know, since she's completed her fellowship, uh, how have you been able? And I'm going to ask the same question to uh, uh, to all to all three of, of the of the uh, fellowship recipients. Uh, how have you been able to utilize the training that you received in in cleft and, and craniofacial? Well, um, uh, I was very lucky because after I went back. Um, I think it took uh, two years and then uh, I was responsible for the cleft clinic and at my university hospital. And um, so I could um, very good uh, uh, show uh, my colleagues what I've learned. And um, I changed the lecture a lot because uh, uh, the student lecture on clefts before was uh, on the concept that we have done in um, Hamburg over the years and I changed it and said, okay, let's talk about the challenges and that there are all these different ways that will lead to a great uh, uh, result for the patient. And uh, now that you know the different ways, you can actually, um, uh, how do you say, um, uh, give, the, give the patients or the parents um, a choice which way they want to go in the treatment. So I think uh, that was uh, uh, very good for me to, uh, to um, also teach my students that there are different ways leading to a great result and uh, you have to know them all. So you would say that it, that it allowed you uh, an opportunity, not, not only clinically, but didactically to, to expand 
the uh, footprint uh, in in your area of, of, of Hamburg. And I think that's amazing uh, that that uh, just within two years you were able to go and lead the uh, the cleft craniofacial team there. That congratulations. I moved to uh, Israel for just a second, and Dr. Nadell, uh, same same question to you. Uh, uh, how were you able to use the skills? Uh, and this, this is important for the IAOMS to track. And I know we've sent out surveys in, in the past uh, to, to the fellows, former fellows about this. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing, and maybe Bill will also talk about this in a minute as well. The biggest thing that the, the most important thing is to get, you know, as an accountant, uh, you know, the, the, one of the popular terms is uh, your uh, ROI or your return on investment. And so the donors that are giving money that goes toward uh, subsidizing these fellowship programs is, is critical to the success of these programs. And the, and the, the one thing that the in, in investors or in this instance, donors want to know is, is the money being used well? And obviously in Hamburg, we, 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 we have an incredible surgeon that's come back and within two years is, is uh, you know, running, running a program. Uh, Sahar, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? Uh, how, how, how were you able to, to utilize this knowledge and the skill when you, when, when you went back to uh, Tel Aviv? Well, I was also very lucky first for coming just before COVID hit the entire country. Um, but I was also able to make a huge change in my life and entirely because I changed my place of work. I came to another hospital, which is Soroka Hospital in Be'er Sheva, uh, which is a big hospital. It's one of the six biggest trauma centers in Israel, and it covers a population of about 1.2 million people with a very diverse popularity of you have from soldiers serving in the Gaza Strips to the Bedouin living around Be'er Sheva to the Be'er Sheva people. And this is, the, it's the southern part of Israel. It's, it covers, the hospital covers and gives service for about 60% of Israeli population. And it, it's been great to help so many people because that southern part of the country has a lot of cleft and craniofacial cases in there. So I was able to come into the hospital. This is a new department, only five years. And I'm in charge today of the cleft and craniofacial unit. And we have a multidisciplinary team that covers also plastic surgeons, ENT pediatric surgeons, uh, speech therapists, uh, uh, pediatric dentistry and orthodontics. And we all sit together and we see these cases coming in. We decide on different type of surgeries and way to work because we know we have to give these kids different type of treatments through their entire lives from when they're born. And I get to see them when they're one day or two days old and I get to do, let's say, nasal molding, then going into lip surgery, cleft surgery, and so on and so on till they're older and we can see ENT and doing rhinoplasties or whatever. And having this huge team in this hospital is helping so many people now. And hopefully that we're going to continue on doing good service for our country. And the residents, we have a residency program in Soroka. 
And I can see them there being so happy and so enthusiastic to see these cases and now knowing how different, how many different things they can do, not only what they read in books, but they get to actually see that. And I don't know if anyone here noticed, but it's a huge difference from trying to see how to do a kiloplasty in the book, trying to understand what goes where, whether to see it in your own eyes at the OR, and also understand now you have to take care of the child to see how much weight he's gaining, how he eats, how to how do you do the feeding? All these things are contributing a lot to our residents. So hopefully, I'm a good investment. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I think you certainly are, and and uh, and uh, you, you know you bring up the point of the the importance of multidisciplinary uh, management of of these uh, uh, children. Uh, you mentioned uh, the the trainees and the the, the residents. Uh, do you find that having someone like yourself go back and and do this type of surgery and and open up these type of clinics that that stimulates interest in the residents to and stimulates and helps solidify the position of cleft and craniofacial surgery in within oral and maxillofacial surgery? I know that there are some differences from countries to countries, but uh, can you comment on that? Yeah, so I, I think it's it's been a great contribute to the maxillofacial in Israel, because in Israel till now, most of the cleft and craniofacial surgery has been done by plastic surgeons or neurosurgeons or ENT, but not so much by maxillofacial. And for me to get this training that covers many different aspects of cleft and craniofacial surgery has really enabled the residents to see that they can do this as well and learn this as well. And in Soroka Hospital, and I know also in different hospitals that they refer patients to us, they they now know that, okay, maxillofacial surgeons do this as well. The kid doesn't just need to go to a plastic surgeons. This is also maxillofacial part of our training. And I think that is a huge effect that has been done, at least here in Israel. It's very important for us to show that we're not only dentists, but we are maxillofacial surgeons. And we treat different aspects of the facial, and it's very important to us. Thank you. Very, very good. Very well said. Uh, Dr. El Taib, I'll go back to, to Sudan for just a second. Uh, uh, same same question about uh, uh, the training that you received uh, since completing the fellowship. Uh, how has your training impacted what you're doing in the Sudan? And do you have involvement with residents and fellows there in, in your training? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm head of uh, cleft unit in a governmental hospital where uh, residents and interns are attached there for to get their training. So this center is new. It's not that old. It's just one year when they started this training process. Um, the training are from the, or the, the residents are from the Sudan Medical Specialization Board. They are maxillofacial residents and interns from the Ministry of Health. So when I came back, I was uh, in Khartoum teaching dental hospital, which is mainly a dental hospital. But the pl- a plan was made to expand the maxillofacial departments 
So I got moved to another hospital where there was no department of maxillofacial. So I have start. I have to start from zero. I worked for one year. Then uh, I started doing all surgeries, all maxillofacial surgeries. But the number of cleft patients started to increase, and gradually the whole list will be like cleft, only cleft. So I'm mainly doing cleft. That's that's great, and uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, three out of three of these uh, young women are in charge of cleft and or craniofacial programs, uh, it's a pretty good return on, on investment, Larry and Bill, wouldn't you say? You know, uh, Bill, can you, can, can you comment just briefly on, on uh, uh, since you've been very involved in raising money and in, in doing things for these type of organizations, uh, how do donors look at return on investment in something like this? Right. Well, it's, it's a little bit different than, uh, you know, then we might look at it from a, a business standpoint. Uh, and, and I think all three of our uh, past fellows here have, have touched on a little bit. I, you know, part of it is, you know, hearing your experiences and seeing how those experiences have, you know, led to new leaders in the uh, oral maxillofacial surgery world. Uh, that, that was Part of our uh, consideration in, in looking at a, a fellowship sponsorship is uh, not only do they get the experience, but uh, what do they bring back? And, and certainly their stories, uh, you know, that's helpful to hear. Uh, we were also interested in, uh, you know, having people that were um, maybe leaning towards a faculty position in oral maxillofacial surgery so that there would be an extra emphasis on them coming back and training residents, uh, you know, at, at a program here in the States, uh, you know, taking that knowledge that they had gained, uh, those experience they had gained. And, and just because uh, not everybody has that opportunity to go through that same exact experience, if they could bring back that knowledge and help train, uh, you know, other oral maxillofacial surgeons, you know, in that experience, uh, we thought was a was a huge payoff, and I, I know again, you know, the oral surgeons on our board, uh, that was very important to them. They wanted to see that kind of return, and, and certainly, uh, you know, being a faculty member, and, and Dr. Galley knows this very well, uh, you know, is, is very rewarding uh, in and of itself uh, to be able to help people develop in their careers and to see them go on and be successful. Uh, and certainly, all three of you uh, being, you know, heads of uh, your your uh, cleft uh, units is is very impressive to me, and so as a donor, uh, and I'm a donor too. Uh, you know that that's something I look to is you know that's kind of the payback. We're sharing that knowledge. There's a, a community of of uh, scholarly scholarliness uh, that's happening, uh, and and that's where I come back to the whole world community. We, I feel like, you know, everybody can learn from each other. And I've seen it, you know, with the people I work with on a day-to-day basis, and I'm hearing it here again. So those stories and, and for us to be able to, you know, as a foundation, uh, and I'm sure for the IOMS Foundation as well, it gives you an opportunity to go back and and demonstrate to the donors. And the donors enjoy hearing that. They feel like, okay, we've we've you know, our, our donations have made a difference in the world. And I know, you know, here, the, especially 
uh, in the younger people that are just getting into the specialty, um, they, they all want to have an impact on the world. And they all have this, I think, attitude that, you know, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to get together, or, you know, a group of people of a million people. So they all have the sense of, I can make, you know, my own contribution, my own individual contribution and, and move things, uh, you know, in a better way. And so I think, you know, those experiences you just described and the outcomes you've had uh, would be very powerful messages, uh, in, you know, back to the donors. And I think that would, you know, excite donors and make them feel like, you know, in their way, they're also making a difference. Thank you, Bill. That's very important to hear. Uh, I know we're running a little bit short on time, and, and I do want to ask a, a, a final question of, of, of our three, all of all, all three of our former fellows. And this is always a question that I have in mind and in, in, in to myself, you know, as I train residents and fellows and things like that. Uh, do you, and I'm going to start out. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll start in the reverse order that 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 we started originally, and I'm going to go to Dr. Al Taib first. And very briefly, can you can you answer the question related to? Do you remain in contact? Just out of a point of interest, do you re- remain in contact in contact with your uh, professors or former fellows uh, from your fellowship training? Uh, yes, I always uh, consult Dr. Krishnamurti and Dr. Gosla if I have any case or any difficulties, and we are in good terms. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, 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 Dr. Nadell, uh, what about you? Do you, do you? do you stay in contact with uh, your old bosses? I do. I do. Actually, uh, with the fellows as well, some of them. Some of them moved out of India to do another fellowship in Cleft, some in Taiwan, some in Indonesia, some came back. Uh, and with my old bosses and mentors, first, it's very helpful to have them in whatever cases I come across that I think are too difficult or I'm not sure of what we need to do. So it helps to have someone to consult with. And actually, just yesterday, I spoke with Dr. Pritam from Bangalore. Uh, just how are you doing? How is COVID-19 there and here? Just a social call. But it's always nice to hear from them. And actually, I'm, I really hope to somehow manage to see them soon. Uh, I don't know how that's going to happen with COVID. Uh, but it is good to keep in touch with them. Great. Dr. Nips? Um, I'm actually still in contact with a a fellow from South Africa. So we uh, chat a little bit like, I don't know, a couple of times during the year. And I received a very nice invitation to Orlando from my former program uh, professor. And um, I also keep in touch with the Dr. Abumsari from Indonesia. I said, mostly when the International Congress is coming on, then, you know, it's like a short notice. Are you going to be there? Are we going to meet each other? But So at least when you go to Orlando, you can go visit Disney as well, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and have a good time, a good time doing that. Well, it, it, it seems like the, the uh, I was going to ask just, uh, 
from you guys. Did you have any opportunities to do any public uh, publishing, any pu- publications or scholarly articles as part of your fellowship program? I know a year is a very short period, uh, but even afterwards, uh, have, have any of you had that opportunity? Well, it was just a poster presentation for the European Congress. Great. Well, great. Well, uh, it seems like the, the fellowship has really uh, been a great experience uh, for, for all three of you and that it has developed into a situation where not only have you gained didactic and clinical knowledge, but you've developed lifelong relationships with the uh, with the mentors that you had there. And I'm sure speaking for the mentors and having visited all those sites myself, um, I'm sure that there was learning that was going on both ways. I'm sure that the mentors benefited and learned uh, from the fellows and obviously the fellows benefited greatly and learned from from the uh, fellowship programs. And, and in turn, you've been able to disseminate that knowledge and that love to um, all of the uh, uh, good people in your respective countries. So uh, with that, I I would really like to thank uh, everyone for participating today, uh, including Bill and and, and, and Larry. Uh, Thank you all for the participants for what you have done to promote the IAOMS, to promote the specialty of oral and maxillofacial surgery and most importantly, to take care of these very, very deserving children. Thank you very much. Thank you once again for listening to our celebratory podcast series, the IOMS Foundation, 25 Years and Beyond. We are grateful to all of those who volunteered their time to participate in this series and for their continued support of the IOMS Foundation. I would also like to extend my appreciation to our corporate and foundation partners, KLS Martin Group, the Osteoscience Foundation, and the OMS Foundation for their ongoing support. To learn more about the IMS Foundation's programs and opportunities, or to make a gift to the foundation, visit www.iomsfoundation.org. We look forward to connecting with you soon.